Hi, and welcome to the West Visalia Audio Podcast. Each message is designed to help you grow and inspire you to take action. Please take a moment to hit the subscribe button, and don't be shy to drop us a message if you have a question. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Again, it is awesome to see everyone that is here. It's good to assemble with brothers and sisters in Christ. It's good to get to sing praises to God, and it's good to get to lead us in a study of His Word. Before we get into the lesson, I do want to remind everybody again that we're um, working on getting Bible camp going, you know, for this summer. We didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but things are looking better and better every every week that we'll be able to have camp like, like we want to have it. Um, but it's scheduled for July the 5th through the 10th. It is a Monday through a Saturday this year. If you want to go to that, we can always use more staff and, of course, campers galore. So you can register online out on our website. If you need information, see me. If you want to donate toward that, too, to help kids go to camp, um, you can um, see me or Jim or Stacy. We'll put the funds um, where they need to go um, for that. Um, camp is one of our greatest outreach programs that we do every year. We didn't get to do it last year. Decided to get to do it this year because uh, it's a great week for kids to grow. They spend time in Bible classes every day. They spend time in fellowship, worshiping God, having devotionals. It is definitely a good time, so we're excited about that. Uh, as we think about our theme for this year, and our theme, of course, being renew, and the idea of renewing strength, renewing our zeal, renewing our faithfulness, it's very much needed in our world today more than ever before because all of us, at least we have to admit that the last year was challenging for us. There was some different things that came up with, you know, coronavirus and things like that. Things were different. And anytime things are different, and I, I don't want to overthink it and all that, but anytime things are different, we have a tendency to maybe turn inward a little bit, become a little bit more selfish, become a little bit more reserved, back away from doing what needs to get done, and we lose that sense of renewal that we need to have. And I came across a quote in, in my preparation for my lesson um, today, and I thought this was a powerful quote. It was, hardship steers us toward our real strength. And I think that's very true, because when life is hard, is when you really begin to see what you're made of. You know, how you're going to handle it, how you're going to approach a difficult time. When there's a problem at work, how do you respond? When there's a problem in your home, how do you respond? When there's a problem with your family, when there's a problem with your friends, when there's a problem in your church, when there's a problem in the world, a problem in your country, how do you respond? When a natural disaster happens, what do you do? Hardship steers us toward our real strength. It's very much true. And these trials that we go through in life, these hard times that we have in life, are a testament to whether or not we are spiritually strong or we're spiritually weak. Because there's right ways to handle trials, and there's wrong ways to handle trials. And if that wasn't a word that you normally use, by that word trial, I don't mean in a courtroom, I mean going through a rough time, a challenge in your life. A bad thing happens in your life, how are you going to handle it? There's a right way, and there's a wrong way, right? We know that, but how we handle those difficult times says a lot about our spiritual condition. If when life gets hard, you get angry and mean, says that you have a problem in your heart, right? If life gets hard and you fall back on some kind of old sinful addiction of some kind, shows a heart problem. If there's a challenge in your life and you become very selfish and self-absorbed, it shows that there's a problem there. How we handle hard times says a lot about our spiritual condition. So what I'd like to do for this week, and actually for the next few weeks, I want us to take a break from the book of Acts. 
What we've been doing on Sunday mornings is we've been going through passage by passage in the book of Acts, trying to see the purpose of the book and show how it ties into the early church and how they evangelized and how the church grew. I'm enjoying going through that study. But because June, we're going to have some weeks where I'm gone and we're getting ready for Bible camp, I thought we would take a little break from the book of Acts. And we're going to spend some time in the book of James for a couple reasons. One, I think it's very much relevant to hard times that we go through in our life. And number two, this year at our camp, we're going to be teaching through the book of James, and this gets the momentum going as we get into that as our lesson topic. But as we look at the book of James, I want you to see it as life lessons from the brother of Jesus. James, who wrote this book, is Jesus' brother. He was there with Jesus in his early life. He was there with Jesus later on after the resurrection. He actually wasn't one of the earliest believers of Jesus, but he later did become a follower of him as the son of God, which, as I've said it before, if you can convince your own brother that you are the Messiah, you got something going for you, right? That'd be the last person that you can get to believe. Well, Jesus' brother James becomes a pillar in the early church. He's an evangelist, he's a teacher, and he writes this letter, this epistle that we study, and it teaches us how to handle difficult times. Really, the whole book of James is about, all right, life is hard, what are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? When life is a challenge, how are you going to respond? And that's where the book of James comes in. So what I want us to do this week in our first lesson as we look at this magnificent book is I want us to title our lesson, it's simply this, life is hard, so use your head. I'm thinking, what do you mean by that? Let me prove it to you. Open up your Bibles to the book of James if you haven't already done so. And we're going to be in James chapter 1 today. And in chapter 1, James lays out for us that there's trials in life, there's hard times, there's challenges in life. And the question is, how are you going to respond to those difficult times? So let's look at it. Well, as we begin this book, you find right off the bat that there is trials that they're going through. James 1.1 says, James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad, you know, Jewish Christians, he says, greetings. Then verse 2. Verse 2, he brings this point out right at the beginning of his letter. Here's what he says. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Man, James gets right into it. He says, hey, greetings, hello, good to see you. Then boom, right there. Be happy, find joy when you encounter various trials. Why? Why would we do that, James? Why would you encourage us to find joy when life is hard, because notice, if you look at verse 1, he says to the 12 tribes that are dispersed abroad, because of persecution, Christians are scattering. It's hard to be a Christian. There's persecution. It's a challenge. And yet he says, find joy in that. Last year, around this time, let's say of last year, if I said to everybody, hey, everybody, are you having a good time during lockdown? They'd be like, what are you talking about, right? But yet, James says, consider it all joy. When you encounter various trials, why would he say that? Look at that phrase I have highlighted on the screen. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Now, he's very intentional about the words that he uses here. And he's going to use some athletic terminology. And he's also going to use some, I guess you might say, metallurgy type terminology. You think about the testing of your faith. The trying of it produces endurance. Now, I don't know a lot about metalwork. I, I, I'm not a blacksmith and all of that. But I know 
they take the metal, they heat it up, they pound it, they cool it off, and they do it again, right? And over and over, as they do that, that fiery trial that the metal goes through, what does it do? It makes it stronger, right? It makes it stronger. It gets harder. I don't know how it all works. Like I said, I'm not a blacksmith. I never worked in a metal shop, but I know that it makes it harder. And there's some cool reality shows, by the way, where they do stuff like that now. But anyway, it makes it harder, right? It makes it stronger. James says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, then he says, produces endurance. So that's that's like an athletic type terminology. But we understand this too, right? You take any professional sports team or athlete, they don't only just train for their particular sport. They go through what is called a strength and conditioning program. Why? Because the grueling workouts, the sled work, the weights, the sprints make you better in other aspects of your particular sport. They produce endurance. I I don't mind running, but I hate sprints. But yet, I know that when I got, let's say, a tournament coming up with grappling and stuff like that, I'll go down to the track, and I'll run interval sprints, and I don't like them. They're not fun. I'll go out and run several miles, put my headphones in, listen to a podcast. I'm fine with that. That's not that boring. Sprints, I don't have fun with those. But I know that sprinting on the track, starting slow and ending faster over and over again, produces a different type of workout, and it gives me more endurance. And you see this with the history of sports. You take some great athletes from generations ago, and then you start to see the evolution and why are people getting faster and all of that. It's not that mankind is getting faster. It's that they have better training techniques, and now they have more endurance because of the conditioning that they are going through. James says that going through a trial conditions you to have endurance. We know this. You talk to somebody that's gone through some hard times in their life. Someone who's maybe came out of a a, a background of of drugs. Now they're the one who can best speak to somebody who's struggling with that addiction because getting out of that trial made them stronger. You talk about somebody who's been a missionary in a country where Christians are being persecuted and they had to meet underground and in hiding and in secret with the fear of being arrested. And you think about how strong their faith is. That trial that they went through made them stronger. Why was Paul such an amazing evangelist that we read about in the book of Acts? Because all those trials that he went through produced endurance in him. So don't be afraid of trials. James says consider it joy. We often try to avoid any kind of hardship at life. We're like, no, I can't handle it. I can't have the hardship. It needs to go smooth. If everything's smooth and lines up just right, then I'll be a faithful Christian. Oh, man, if everything just works out well, I'll follow Jesus. But that's not what it's about. It's about during the hard times, you follow Jesus even more because now you have endurance. Look what he does as you go on. He goes through and talks about what we should do in the midst of trials, and we'll come back to it. But then in verse 12, he says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. See, the one who makes it through, the one who goes through those hard times, It says, once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Now, that's an athletic term there, that crown. There's a couple different words in the Greek language in the New Testament for crown. You have like diadem or diadema. It's like the royal kind of crown like a king would wear. And then you have this one, which is the Greek word stephanos, which is the word for like the olive wreath crown. 
that back then in the ancient Olympiad, what would they do? Maybe a, a marathon runner in Athens would run, and if he was the first place one, they'd put him up there in front of everybody, and they would place on his head that crown. When they did the Athens Olympics, these are some Olympic sprinters, I believe, here. They not only gave them gold medals, but in symbolic gesture to a callback to the ancient Olympiad, they put those crowns on their head. That's what James is talking about here. Blessed is the man that perseveres under trial. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. So when you go through the hardship, when life beats you down, but instead of quitting, you get stronger, then you end up being victorious and you get the crown of eternal life. James wants us to understand that trials are not necessarily bad. See, I want us to see that trials, even though they come from outside sources, can be a blessing to us. That's the idea of this passage. See, trials, we don't always have control over them. Trials could happen like Nero persecuting Christians. That was a trial. They, Christians had nothing to do with that, but yet it happened. And it became a blessing in the sense that they, their faith got stronger. The early church was persecuted and the early church grew. You might think of a hardship in your life. You would never choose that. You didn't cause that, but yet that trial makes you stronger. But on the other hand, there's another thing that happens in our life. And I think we get them confused. Trials are not the same as temptations. And James lays out two different terms here. They're from the same kind of root, but they carry with it two different meanings. See, in this first part of the book of James, he says, trials make you stronger. And we understand that. You know, you go on a tough workout regimen, it makes you stronger, it gave you endurance. You make it through a hard time in your life, you said, I'm stronger for it. We understand that. On the other hand, though, there's other things that come up in life that make life hard that aren't necessarily trials. And those are called temptations. See, for all general purposes, trials usually come from outside sources, and they can be a blessing. Temptations usually come from ourselves, and they can be a curse. Let me break it down a little bit more. Let's look ahead here. Chapter 1, verse 13. We'll look at this in a second. But what I want us to see with this is trials... Hard times in life can make us stronger, but temptations can cause injury. And I was thinking about this by way of sports, and I was talking to Claire about this last night. She goes, don't give too many sports illustrations. So I'm not going to give too many. I'm just one more. Okay, there's good training methods that produce endurance and make you stronger, and there's foolish ones that cause injury, right? You can overtrain. You can train with bad coaching or bad form and you end up getting hurt. You see this with some people with athletes that maybe have a lot of heart and determination, but they have bad instruction. So they do foolish things, and maybe they're victorious for a while, but they beat their body up, and they have to quit because some weirdo coach from way back when told them it was a good idea to stand there and flex their stomach and get punched to make them tougher. It's something dumb, right? That kind of idea. Trials can make us stronger because they produce endurance. Temptations, on the other hand, or some dumb idea that we have that causes injury in our life. Let me prove it to you. James chapter 1, verse 13. It says, no one is to say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil. And he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own lust. And the lust, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. And he goes on and says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. He gives you two different things here. 
Trials can make you stronger. You live through a war, that makes you stronger mentally, right? It does. You overcome adversity in your life and you still follow Jesus, you're stronger spiritually. That produced endurance. However, you have hard times in your life because you kept giving in to temptation. That might make you weaker. That might break you down. That can cause spiritual injury. Trials can produce endurance. Temptations can bring something else. And that's what James does here. He starts off with trials. He says, trials are good. They make you stronger. Don't be afraid of the hard times. See, Christians might go, it's hard to be a Christian. We might get persecuted. James says, so what? It'll make you tougher. I like that idea. Jocko Willink, motivational speaker, former Navy SEAL, an author, he always says, he has this whole video, my kids hate it because I play it for him all the time, where he'll lay out something, he says, so you're in pain? Good. That's what he always says. That's his quote. Good. Right? James says that here. Life is hard? Good. It makes you strong. However, temptations that bring hardship aren't good. He says some people will try to equate the two. Some people will say, well, I'm being tempted and it's God that's doing it to me. James says, no, it's not God. God cannot be tempted and God doesn't tempt anyone. The reason you're tempted right now is because you got a problem in here. You got a lust. You got a desire. You got a sin struggle that's pulling you down. And if you give in to that, that will produce death. Trials can give you a crown of life. Temptations produce spiritual death. So the question is, how do we approach them? We're going to be faced with trials, whether we like it or not. And sadly, because of our own problems and desires, we're also going to be faced with temptations. How do we endure trials and how do we overcome temptations? There's a difference there. We don't overcome trials. We endure them. But we need to overcome temptations. But the solution to both of them is the same. The solution to, over, to enduring trials is the same solution to overcoming temptation. Although trials and temptations are different. Trials are bad things that happen in your life outside of your control. Temptations are things that you're causing from a problem within. Either way, the way that we overcome those is the same way. And this is where our title of our lesson comes in today. The way you overcome trials, the way you overcome those temptations, is use your head. Really? It's simply that. Let me prove it to you. See, what we see in the book of James, James chapter 1 lets us see that wisdom helps us endure trials. Well, that seems like it's up here, right? And knowledge helps us overcome temptation. Let's think about it. James chapter 1, verse 5. Right after he says that in trials will produce endurance, he says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach and it will be given to him. You want to know how to endure a trial? <laughs> Have wisdom. Because those that don't endure don't live wise lives. It takes work. It takes effort to do that, right? And sometimes we don't know how to handle a difficult situation. Maybe there's a tragedy in your life. You lose a loved one. You lost your job. Your marriage falls apart. There's economic turmoil in your community. You know, there's a bad thing that happens. There's an illness. There's a war. There's a, some, there's a national pandemic. How you handle that depends on the level of wisdom that you have. Because during a crisis, sometimes people throw wisdom out the window and act really foolishly. So in the midst of talking about trials, James says, 
ask for wisdom. Think about it. Life is hard. There's difficult choices ahead of you. There's all these trials. The first thing we should do is ask God to give us wisdom. That is a simple solution to a complicated problem. But why don't we do it? We don't. I mean, my, my own reaction to a trial is, I can figure out a way to handle this. Right? That's what we normally do. I can make it through this on my own. But yet, James, the brother of Jesus, says, in the midst of talking about trials, he says, ask God for wisdom. And it says that God will give it to you. Not even just, oh, he'll give you a little bit generously and without reproach. The reason we're not very wise is we're not asking for wisdom. James 1, 6, the next verse says, but he must ask in faith without any doubting. When was the last time in the midst of a trial you dropped to your knees, folded your hands, bowed your head, however it is that you pray, and said, God, please give me wisdom. If that's not our gut reaction to a hard time in our life, we are doing something wrong, and we will not endure the trial. The trial will break us if we don't have that type of wisdom. But the solution is simple. There's a hard choice in front of you. There's a trial in front of you. And by the way, with trials, it's a challenge because there's not always a right or wrong answer. But there's a trial in front of you. Bow your head and ask God, God, can you please give me wisdom so that I can endure this trial that I'm going through? That is a simple prayer. And you can word it your own way, right? But that's a simple prayer. God, please give me wisdom so that I can endure this trial. Just doing that alone will strengthen you. Just doing that alone gets your priorities lined up right. Just doing that all of a sudden changes your outlook on the trial. And you go, okay, I got this because God's on my side. I have wisdom that he and only he can provide in the midst of trials Ask God for wisdom. And that's different than temptation, by the way. Because trials require wisdom because in the midst of a trial, there's not always a right or wrong answer. How do you handle a global pandemic as a church? We spent the whole last year and a half trying to figure that out, right? I mean, really, that was a trial and there wasn't a easy right or wrong answer. What policy should we have as a congregation? That was not an easy question to ask. And there wasn't an easy book, chapter, verse answer. I mean, I tried. I mean, I've read most of this thing, right? I mean, there wasn't one in there that dealt with it. It required wisdom. So in the elders' meetings and planning meetings, you know, we did a lot of praying. God, give us wisdom that we could handle this situation right. Because trials are not always black and white. It's not always cut and dry. There's not always a right or wrong answer. They require wisdom. How do you handle it when your spouse runs off with someone else? What do you do next? Bible doesn't really give you a verse for that. Oh, there's principles and things, but that requires wisdom. How do you respond to your family when you lost your job? Not always an easy answer to that. Natural disaster wipes out all the houses in your neighborhood. What do you do next? Right? Those require wisdom. In the midst of trials, ask God for wisdom. That's how we find endurance. Second, in the middle of temptation, what do we do? Well, the lesson that we do or the application or the, the advice that is given about handling temptation is similar to the ones about trials, but it's a little bit different. 
Right after James says, don't give in to temptation, here's what he says. Verse 21, therefore, ridding yourselves of all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, get rid of those sins, get them out of there, in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. Now, we need God's word and we need wisdom. They go overlap, trial and temptation, I get that. But specifically, in the midst of temptation, a lot of times what you need is right and wrong. What does the Bible say? Book, chapter, verse. I'm tempted to do this sin, but what does the Bible say? That's right, right after talking about temptation, which sometimes comes about in the midst of trials, I know, James says, receive the word of God. Receive it implanted. Before that, he talks about, be quick to hear it, slow to speak against it, and all that, right? Receive the word implanted. So there's a temptation in front of you. A trial caused a temptation in my life because of some desire that I have, and now I have a temptation to lash out in a way that's wrong. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, be angry and sin not, right? Okay, there's a bad thing going on in my life. I have a tendency to fall back on some old lusts and desires that I have. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, get rid of the works of the flesh, right? Okay, uh, the Bible says, or I have this desire to you know, be with somebody that I shouldn't be with. What does the Bible say? Flee fornication. Okay, the, I'm having this temptation to steal. What does the Bible say? Thou shalt not steal. You understand that? Knowing God's word helps you overcome temptation. It takes knowledge of the Bible to overcome it. It takes wisdom to handle trials. It takes knowledge of God's word to overcome temptation because clearly spoken, I mean, laying it out there simply, the Bible teaches us what is right. And what is wrong? It is our standard. It is our measuring stick. It tells us how to handle situations. Now, there's overlap here, of course. Knowing the Bible helps me handle trials. And having wisdom helps me apply scripture in the midst of temptation. I get that. But you understand how there's also some differences here? Wisdom helps you with those situations that are not as cut and dry as we'd like them to be. Scripture helps us with those ones that are Pretty simple. Do this, don't do that. The Bible teaches us what is right and what is wrong. So let's wrap it up then this morning. How do we endure trials and how do we overcome temptation? Got to use our head. God gave us a brain, right? We got to use it. Wisdom helps us endure trials and knowledge helps us overcome temptation. Whether we like it or not, there's going to be trials in our life. We need the wisdom that only God can provide, and then we can endure. And certainly because of our own faults and sins and struggles, there's going to be temptations that we have. And you know what? The devil's out there working too, trying to help us to be tempted from what's inside. The way we're going to overcome them is knowledge. Spend time in God's word. Man, there's times I mentioned in our Galatians class on Wednesday night that, oh, man, that verse slapped me upside the head last week. I needed to hear it. You know, where it talks about bear one another's burdens because sometimes I want to check out. Oh, man, the Bible told me what I needed to do. The Bible helps us to know what is right and what is wrong. Wisdom helps us endure trials. Knowledge helps us overcome temptation. The lesson for us then is go get it. Ask God for wisdom and spend time in the word of God, and you'll be able to endure trials and you'll overcome temptation. So this year, as we renew, renew that excitement for God's will. Renew that zeal for wisdom. Renew that desire for knowledge. 
and trials will make you stronger, and temptations will start to go away. The lesson is yours this morning. In just a moment, we're going to sing a song that Steve selected. After services, if you want to hit me up or one of the elders here, we'll pray with you. We'll get you plugged in at Bible study. We'll do whatever we can to help you renew that desire for wisdom and for knowledge. But right now, let's stand together and let's sing the song that's on the screen. Thanks again for listening to West Visalia Audio. We hope these messages have helped you grow and inspired you to take action. Be sure to check in each week for more on-the-go content or visit our YouTube channel to watch the live video. Thanks for participating and God bless. Thank you.